Yankees win. The Yankees win. Welcome to NY Fly Zone, a first-class podcast. It is time to feed the fleet. What is going on, Fleet Nation? Welcome to episode 16, and I'm Brendan. I'm Jared. And today we got a lot of breaking NFL news to discuss. Drew Brees obviously announces that he will be retiring after a long successful season with the a historic season with the New Orleans Saints. And furthermore, we got some free agency to talk about. Yeah, free agency opened up Monday and there's been a lot of news, breaking news. In the tri-state area, Patriots making splashes, Jets a couple of signings, Giants today, did for recording, a couple of signings, so there's a lot to get into. And um, first, want to talk about the Patriots. They um, they have made like the most. They've given out the most guaranteed, second most guaranteed money of free agency of all time, and it's already the second day. They are, you know, trying to bolster bolster this offense for Cam Newton. And they're trying to, you know, plug some holes in the defensive side. And with the combination of the guys coming back from last year's COVID season, many of them opted out. They look like they could be a, you know, a threat in the AFC East. Brendan? Yeah, man. I mean, can the Patriots just be bad for once? I mean, (laughs) we can't. We can't catch a break here. Bill Belichick is blowing money like he's on his way to the strip club. Obviously, he took last season personally. I mean, you let go of Tom Brady, the GOAT, as he chased his seventh ring out in Tampa, Tampa. And, uh, yeah, and this is him taking it personally. And the New England Patriots had about $73, $74 million in cap space. And they were the third highest, you know, wealthiest team going into the free agency, the offseason. And they're really using their money. It seems like they're going to the bank. Um, it, honestly, like, every time I keep checking Instagram, I just see that Patriots logo – and all these different players just, you know, just announcing that they're going to be spending their future with this organization. Now, Jared, what's your thoughts? Do you, I mean, we got Cam back. Want to go over the free agent? Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah, so there's Cam re-signed. Then they picked up John New Smith, first of all, from Tennessee. He's a tight end. Then they picked up today a bigger, better tight end, Hunter Henry from uh, the Chargers. They're not they're trying to recreate some Gronk, Aaron Hernandez magic with the double tight end sets. But they're back. They could definitely help out Cam. Then they got Matt Judon from the Ravens. Jalen Mills, strong safety from the Eagles. Nelson Aguilar, former Eagle wide receiver, was on the Raiders last year to a two-year contract. Kendrick Bourne, another wide receiver from the 49ers. Devon Goddage from the Miami nose tackle. And the Jets, uh, Henry Anderson, they took him from them, defensive end. So they're looking to just, you know, get a lot of skilled players, underrated players who had the potential to grow, I feel like, the potential to become better than on the previous teams. And if the Patriots, you know, could turn Nelson Aguilar into a, you know, catch, a roster that catches the ball, that's a great signing. And if they turn Hunter Henry into a star, that's also a great signing. Yeah, I think Hunter Henry already is on the uprise of becoming a star. I don't, I don't even understand how 
this Chargers team can just let him walk, especially you see Justin Herbert come in here. You got to keep your key players in order to like Mm -hmm. allow your quarterback to just keep going up and and perform. Um, The fact that the Patriots landed the two best, the two hottest tight ends in the market is just, it's absolutely insane to think that. And you know that Bill Belichick loves his tight ends. Whoever this quarterback is going to be in the future, presuming that it's going to be Cam, they seem to be in a pretty good shape here. I mean, you know, so me personally, as I said before, this is just – I know that these Pats fans are ecstatic. They're happy to see this. Um, and, you know, they're really proving their worth, and it's going to be exciting to see what they do. I think that they are going to roll with Cam. There's no other choice here. They obviously signed him. And, you know, if you take a look at that, seven and nine wins, won seven games, right, um, with a team that really didn't have that much. Uh, there was a lot of injuries. A lot of key pieces on the defense were out. And there wasn't a lot of talent uh, on the receiving end or on the offensive side of the ball to help Cam. And as your friend Tim came on and, you know, he advocated for him and even said before that he would be uh, pro re-signing Cam. And I think that this ultimately is a decent idea for them because I think Bill Belichick knows that Cam's not the future. But it's what the Patriots need to do right now. And, you know, hopefully they don't listen to me because I'm a freaking Jets fan. I don't want to see them do it. But what they got to do right now is maintain that culture, that winning culture, and just put it on ice so that they can finally evaluate their quarterback. Now, here's my concerns. Let's talk about the – we talk about the pros. Let's talk mm-hmm. about the cons for a second. I don't want to be a Debbie Downer, but they – who knows? I mean, they really are trying – they are really loading right now. They are, it looks like they're trying to make a push for, you know, the, the, for the division. It looks like they're, they're, they're loading and they're trying to get that – who knows? Maybe try to push for the Super Bowl. Who knows? Bill Belichick – we know his ego. We know his personality. You know, we, he's the, the GOAT coach, but he wants that seven ring himself. So, but the way I look at it is it's boom or bust for this, for this Pats team, you know, for this mm-hmm. fan base. You're putting a lot of money into this when you, could, when you may need that money for homegrown talent, when you may need that for the upcoming draft. So, like, it's, it seems to be that they're putting – that they're all in. And, and if you're going all in and the quarterback is still a question mark, who knows? But definitely this roster is a lot better. And definitely there, there's a lot to be excited for as Patriots fans. And um, it seems to be that they're going to be given a lot of competition in the AFC East. Yeah, uh, my friend Tim, friend of the pod, he was excited this morning, texted me, you know, Patriots are coming back. They're on the come up. Um, and as a, you know, in the AFC, you have to be scared of this team. You know, like you said, they had that winning culture. And if you you know, skilled players, and that could help them out in the long run. The Patriots' findings, you know, aren't the, you know, biggest names off the board, except for tight end, as you'd mentioned. But it gets the job done for this team. And, you know, the worst thing that could happen is for this team is to be, you know, 8-8 eight and eight again, 500, or, you know, miss the playoffs. And speaking of playoffs, do you think this, you know, puts the Patriots over the edge to make, like, a playoff push, or they still need to make another, like, move? I think that this puts them in a position to be in the playoffs. I think that they'll – I really do think they'll be in the playoffs seven seed. Um, you know, this Patriots team's relentless. They were 7-9 and nine with, um, with a rough season. I mean, Cam was out for a little bit, didn't have that many help on the offensive side of the ball. They lost a lot of key components on that defense. Um, seems like Bill Belichick, the defensive mastermind, um, is going to have some more positions. He's going to have uh, Chung back. He's going to have Hightower. We don't know what's happening with Gilchrist. But, um, you know, presumably maybe they can use that as a trade package to even trade up and get one of these premier talents of a quarterback 
um, and groom him. So, dude, they, I, I really do like what they're doing right now. Um, and I do think that this definitely benefited them the most for next season. They got a lot of, high, a lot of good po- football players in the locker room, and that's all Bill needs. You got to give him people to, you know, that is proven that can win and has experience, and he will make the best out of them. I mean, just look at what happened last season. Seven and nine, uh, finished third in the division, and that's seven and nine. I mean, depending on how Cam plays, if Cam is there, it, it all comes down to Cam, honestly. Mm-hmm. Cam is there, and if he's playing and if he's healthy, and if Belichick is trusting him to throw the football, I think they'll be the seventh seed. Do I think they'll win the division? No, I think that's Buffalo for the taking. And it's going to be a, a shootout between the Dolphins and the, the Pats for second. What yeah, about you, that, uh, I think that, like you said, it's going to be the Bills at the top and then either the Patriots or Dolphins squeeze in. You know, it really depends if Tua Tugalova continues to progress, as we saw which we should have been the headline of the show, Fitzmagic is going to Washington, D.C. So the Dolphins are stuck with Tua unless they trade for Deshaun. But the Patriots right now, I don't think they're going to draft a quarterback this year. because you Really? Know, I don't think so. They, I think they're going to roll with Cam. And it doesn't make sense at that point because they're not going to get, at, at least they're not going to get a top like five or they might get the fifth best QB in this draft. So... I think they're going to wait for their guy again. Yeah, I would, but they're not like they're going to go after a draft next year for a quarterback because they're planning to be good. They're not tanking for a top pick. Right. Like I said, that's not the Patriots' way. They're going to be probably get another mid-round draft pick next year. So, But I still don't think they're going to draft the quarterback unless something falls to them. Which, so you think that Bill Belichick's going to use the 15 overall pick to continue to bolster – this roster in yeah. in hopes of a push for this year. That's what you think. You think like, that, yeah. that the quarterback idea is in the horizon. We'll worry about that later. Mm-hmm. And we need to do whatever we can to make a run. That's what you think is going on at, in Foxborough. Yeah, like 15, you're going to get a good pick in this draft, especially if like one-third of those picks before you are used on quarterbacks. You're going to wind up with a good skill position here at the wide receiver mark or the running back position if they lose James White, or a stud on the defense, which could, you know, the Patriots are known for their defense over the years. So, you know, unless unless there's, you know, the Panthers don't draft someone or the Washington football team, like, doesn't trade up or the Bears don't trade up for something, then I, th- I think the Patriots pass on the QB this, this year. The way that I look at it is, and the more that I put more thought into this quarterback draft class, I really do think that this – this is really special. Like you got Trevor Lawrence, you got Zach Wilson, you got Justin Fields, you got uh, Kyle Trask, Mac Jones, uh, Trey Lance. Mac, yeah, Trey Lance. That, that's what you got. That's a lot of talent. And nobody's really kind of talking about these guys because Trevor Lawrence and Trevor Lawrence is kind of just like shadowing over everything. And that's where the mm-hmm. talk of the town is, you know? So, but seriously, like I definitely do think that there's a lot of talent here. And if you look at the way that the NFL uh, is transcending it's a dual threat league now it's uh it's pass heavy and it's also run heavy so if you have a quarterback that can do both that has a cannon that you know safeties and linebackers have to press and do a spy on the quarterback because they can roll out and get the easy 10 yard pickup um or if they got a freaking shoulder that that can you know like a cannon that they could just throw it over the shoulder 80 yards 60 yards air it out like dude like all these guys can do that in their mm-hmm. own respective way and I do think that this class is very special, and it's definitely more special than other people are anticipating it as. 
And me personally, I like to argue with it a little bit. Um, and I think that they're gonna that they're gonna pick up one of these guys because they make because I think that they will be there. I don't see five or four of these quarterbacks being taken before fifteen. Maybe 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 the fourth is taken at fifteen. I think I could see three. I could see the Jets going at number two. I could obviously Jacksonville at number one, and then you got like one or two of those teams that are needy. I, I, I don't know. Or you see um, the Patriots move up. Ultimately, I think that you're gonna see a winning team in uh, New England regardless. And it would be good to have your franchise quarterback ride the bench and figure that out. Um, so I think that that would be the smart decision. Figure out which one is your guy that might be there. Calculate it. Make an estimated guess. Take him and mentor him. And you have a former MVP uh, in Cam Newton with actual support now that you can evaluate and help you know mentor him with that. Yeah, no, I mean, this, like you said, this draft QB class is special. It's just there's so many quarterbacks that need to be, like, filled up in the NFL. There's a lot of spots open, a lot of question marks, that there's more talk on the NFL side than the college football side, in my opinion. That's why they're not being as gassed as much as you're saying. But I, but I think that the Jaguars are going to draft the QB, obviously. I think the Jets are going to draft the QB. I think the Falcons are going to draft the QB. Uh, I think the Lions are going to draft the QB. The Panthers might draft the QB. The Broncos might. The Eagles might. So that's seven teams ahead of the Patriots who might draft quarterbacks. So that's why I'm a little scared that the Patriots won't do it. So the only reason that they draft the quarterbacks is if someone falls from that list. Or if they trade up. Or if they trade up. And I don't know if any team wants to trade up with the, with the Patriots because you know you don't want Bill Belichick to have another QB to groom and develop and John McDaniels. So... Interesting points there. I could definitely see all these scenarios happening. It's going to be a long and interesting free agency. Taps off, uh, hats off. Uh, let's tip our caps to Bill Belichick, even though I don't like to do that. Um, he's very aggressive. He's literally going to the bank here. Um, mm-hmm. So, Jared, what's your final prediction with the Patriots? You, you have them making the playoffs or, or have them missing them? I, as of now, I have them on the bubble. They might get the eighth seed. So, if they make one or two moves, then yeah, they'll make the playoffs. But if they keep it like this, which I don't think they'll do, because we might as well spend more. Then so I'm gonna say they make it in. You say you mean seven seed? Yeah, seven seed. Yes, my bad. Yeah, I'm gonna agree. I say that they're gonna make it. Um, and uh, yeah. So, Brendan, I have a question for you. What's up? As a Jets fan, do you want them to go out and get Deshaun Watson more? After seeing the Patriots make this moves, because this just puts the Jets farther down the AFC East. Dude, if anything, it makes me want to get him less, and mm-hmm. I'll tell and I'll tell you why. We have our picks. We have five first round picks in the next three years. We go out there, we flip that for you know an arguably not even arguably a proven top three quarterback in this league. Mm-hmm. We lose that, and we'll never get it back. We have our picks. We literally can if we draft accordingly we can do the right thing here and we could bolster this roster the proper way. It's right there. It's just sitting there. So we can't let that go. That's our future. So right now, given the fact that the Patriots are highly competitive right now, that they're loaded, um, that they have that talent in the locker room, given the fact that Miami is coming off a 10-game season. Now, they remind you, they will not have Fitzmagic. That's something interesting to talk about because Miami will not have Fitzmagic. The pressure is on Tua. The mm-hmm. pressure is on Tua. I could definitely see this decision allowing Fitzmagic to leave and go to the Washington football team result in them taking a quarterback. 
We never know. We got to talk about mm. this. We don't, we don't know who the quarter – who knows? Maybe that just solidifies Deshaun Watson to go to Miami. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Who knows? I'm who thinking knows? that this puts more pressure on the Dolphins because if the Patriots are coming for that second-place spot, you know, the Dolphins, to get out and get Watson, they're on the Bills' territory. So if I'm the Dolphins and I see the Patriots making these moves, I have to be more aggressive in trying to acquire Deshaun. Exactly. exactly. And then also, going back to your question about Deshaun – Look, look at the divisional talent now. It just got a lot harder. That's a lot more yeah. for Deshaun Watson to do. So we get rid of our whole future to have Deshaun in the building. Why? Just so that people talk about us to compete in free agency. That's not what mm-hmm. it's about. It, you know, and then we get him. We shuffle $40 mil a year to him, and then we don't have our first-round pick this year. We don't have it next year, right? And you don't have any money to spend in the offseason. So I, mean, I think then, you're right. Your best bet is to just ride out with the draft picks, maybe flip Sam. Yeah, because there's no way to, you know, you can't compete right now in this division, unfortunately. And the Dolphins are set up to compete if they went out and got Deshaun. You can't even with Deshaun or not, you know, we might be more talked about. But in the long run, what do we got going for us? Like, like, seriously, like we got to do this the right way. We have a great opportunity to get our guy at number two. There's more than enough quarterbacks that are capable of that duty that are sitting there waiting for their name to be called. And that's what we got to do. We got to pick the right one. We need to start fresh. And we need our quarterback to be groomed by our coach. We need our coach to pick a quarterback and our GM to pick a quarterback. So I say we hold tight. We don't fall into the trap here. And good for New England, honestly. Like, they're doing them. Obviously, they have a plan. But that plan does not concern us. We are our own organization, and we can't get caught up in that. And like I said, we have the picks. We have what it takes to bolster this roster. And we need to hold on to them, play it smart, hold our cards. And it's going to be a process, just like Joe Judge said on, on the Giants. They got similar, you know, crosstown teams, similar vibes, similar goals. And it's going to take time to really do this the right way. We got to build silently. So, and yeah, that, that perfect segue. The Jets are building a little bit silently. They've made some moves. Arguably the most, you know, shocking news, not shocking, but didn't expect this to come was Corey Davis signs with the Jets. Tennessee Titans, arguably best wideout with A.J. Brown, injured throughout the season. Three years, $37.5 million. Not bad. Pretty good signing, I think. They also got Gerard Davis, linebacker, who is a Lions first-round pick. And Carl Lawson, defensive end from the Bengals. Brendan, as a, as a representative of the Jets here, what would you grade these moves? I mean, I like them. Because I like them, but I'm not going to be drooling over Joe Douglas right now. And like, because honestly, like I'm going to say this. I know I obviously really was high, high on him, given what he did with Jamal and what he did with Makai in his previous draft class. But this is a definitive like, like free agency for New York. Like we are literally watching the Patriots just like stack Scoop. up and getting one after, other, up after another. And we have more money than them. And we need it more than they do. And, you know, and we could be potentially getting a better quarterback, like, with our position. We don't know, but that's, like, on paper, we could be. Mm-hmm. So, honestly, like, once I found out that it was a swing and a miss on Tooney, I was very, I was very disappointed. In so Joe was Douglas. I. So um, was because I. that was Joe Douglas's guy. He has been – Tooney has been on Joe Douglas's radar for the past two years since he picked up this, you know, general managing gig in New York. And you got to find ways to convince this guy. I mean, you see the picture of Hunter Henry and him hugging Bill Belichick, and everyone's like, oh, caption what he's saying. 
Like that, that just kind of shows like Bill Belichick and his ability as a GM to network. That's what, that's what Bill Belichick was able to do. And it could explain why he was able to get these guys. But I was hoping that Joe Douglas could do something similar with, with this organization. And I know that he wanted Tooney, who was the ex Patriot now going to be a chiefs on a mega deal. And that's disappointing to me. It's a swing and a miss. So honestly, I like the guys that we brought in. Um, going on to Corey Davis, he's coming off uh, a shy of just shy of a thousand yards, 984 yards. Uh, he averaged 15 yards per carry. Um, his longest touchdown was 75 yards, five TDs, only five TDs. And that, also- that, that, was a, that was in a run heavy offense with Derrick Henry. So. Exactly. A yeah. run heavy offense with AJ Brown and other wideouts that can help. Um, so look, I like it a lot. Corey Davis, definitely more depth to this wide receiver room, which is what this Jets team needs desperately. So I was definitely happy to see him come in. And then moving on, the Jets acquired Carl Lawson from the Bengals. And this man is a defensive end. He plays defensive end, which, you know, edge rusher, which definitely I think is good for this Jets organization. Uh, I heard somewhere that Carl Lawson had the most QB hits uh, last year, which is great, um, as long as he's not getting penalized for it. But that's what the Jets need. We need an edge. We don't have an edge. So I definitely think it's great for us to go out there and get him. He was a hot market. Um, he's a hot player on the market. And look, let's be realistic. Jets fans know that the last time that we have had a edge rusher was Jonathan uh, Abram, Abraham. And it, it, that's been a long time. So we need to have these players in the building. And uh, Gerard Davis, linebacker, this could potentially be – this is just honestly Salah. I think this is coming from yeah. Salah, who wants uh, key pieces for his defense. Now, this guy is electric. Uh, if you watch his tape, he's a hard hitter, but that could hurt him because there has been some instances where he, he's trying to go for the hit stick when he should just go for the wrap-up. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think like a Madden player. But I think that this could be – I think that that's coachable. Uh, he was a former first-round pick, so that's good. It's more, you know, more experience in this locker room. The Jets are pretty stacked at the linebacker position, I'd like to say. We have, obviously, C.J. Mosley once he gets off the COVID reserve list uh, for the next following year if we, sign, if we, can, if we don't let him go. And then we also have, we have Blake Cashman, who's coming back from an injury. So I do like this as a depth perspective, but ultimately, if I'm going to grade this class, I'm going to say so far, I mean, it's only day two, I'm going to give it like a B, B plus at tops, at tops, mm-hmm. because th- just because the fact that we have the second highest money in cap and we missed out on some hot commodities here. And it was, it was sad to watch that. And if I'm Joe Douglas, I'm going to be picking up the phone all day until the sun comes up because we need it desperately and it starts now the clock is ticking yeah it definitely sucks for the Jets to lose out on Joe Tooney to lose out on any of the top two tight ends especially to the Patriots and to the Patriots but the moves that they made they work I feel like they're low risk moves you know not like a high spending like the Le'Veon Bell was kind of risky as he sat out of the season but Corey Davis is more formidable and he's a wide receiver only $27 million guaranteed. So the Jets made some moves, and I think those continue to grow a lot of attraction. I've seen so many rumors connecting all of the 49ers free agents on the defensive end to the Jets solely because of Robert Sala. I've seen Richard Sherman rumors. I've seen many others. So I feel like this 49ers influence 
and just the presence of having Robert Sala is gaining more attraction to the defensive players. And I think I could, it, it wouldn't shock me if Richard Sherman came over. I don't know if he wanted him, but I think some other team might overpay for him. But on the offensive side of the ball, the Jets still need help at a tight end. I, don't even, I, can't, I couldn't even tell you the name of their tight end off the top of my head. And who is it? Who is their tight end? Chris Herndon. Curtis Hurden. So they could definitely improve with Johnny Smith or Hunter Henry, but those are off the board, courtesy of the Patriots. So the Jets just got to keep, you know, finding guys, recruiting guys, say we're building something. Look at the draft capital. In a couple, in four years from now, we'll be, or three years from now, we'll be in like one of the best teams in the league if everything goes right. And it's possible. They have all the cap space too. They got to spend it wisely. So breaking news just came out. Uh, Jacoby Percet is signing with the Dolphins. What is going on here in Miami? I mean, I my personal opinion is now that they've lost that uh, personnel of Fitzmagic, I think that this might be an indicator that they're sticking with Tua. Think about this. Because yeah. Jacoby Brissett, he's seen he, – he obviously practiced with uh, Tom Brady. He's practiced with Andrew Luck. And mm-hmm. he's got that – he's got Phillip that, Rivers uh, now. Phillip Rivers now. He has that experience. And, you know, obviously they think that Tua needs that in, in OTAs and camps and, and, and all of that, training camp, to work on his fundamentals, his vision, uh, his motions. So what do you think about this, Jake? Jacoby Brissett to Dolphins is interesting because I thought that he could have gotten a bigger role, not necessarily the backup role, because he's been behind those QBs, like you said. But maybe this is a good move if they want to have someone mentor Tua after Ryan Fitzpatrick leaves. Uh, the Dolphins, I don't think this is like, you know, they're going to be, they're going to roll out with him and do with his magic because Ryan Fitzpatrick just had that energy, had that culture. And I don't think Jacoby Brissett's going to bring that same amount of energy. So I think they're just going to roll out with Tua. This is just some backups. And that's pretty much it with that sign. There's been a lot of other backup quarterback signs like over the past half hour. Have you seen? I've got uh, the Bears signing Andy Dalton. Bears signed Andy Dalton, and then Texans got Tyrod yeah. Taylor. Tyrod Taylor. That's not a bad uh, pickup either for them. He could, he's a former starter, quarterback in this league. So if Watson leaves, they could have him as a backup or mentor to the next QB. So the backup quarterback market's heating up. Maybe that will get some other you know, signings through, like Trubisky. Maybe someone goes after Sam Darnold for a trade, finally. So we'll see. So, Jared, Big Blue has Big was, Blue. was actually in the news today because they made a huge deal uh, with former Jet Leonard Williams. Uh, Jared, what's your thoughts about this contract? Um, to, honestly, I feel like it's a good signing. It's a good signing. We needed him after especially letting uh, Delvin walk. So this Leonard Williams signing, I feel like it's good, especially after losing Tomlinson. Um, the Jet, the Giants' defense was very good last year. They pressured the quarterback the most they have in the past couple of seasons. So this deal needed to get done after letting Delvin walk. They, what is it? Three years, sixty-three million. I feel like it's expensive for defensive tackle, but he was elite last year. So if he reproduces that type of season, it'll be worth every penny. And they also made a really low-risk signing in John Ross, former first-round pick. Used former Bengal too, so I feel like these moves are just a start for the Giants. Hopefully, they add more from 
David Gettleman's money bank. So, because they're they're they show they could compete, so they just need a couple more pieces. I got a question: Do the Jets profit a conditional pick now since uh, uh, you guys signed Leonard? I'm pretty sure the fourth round pick was only if they signed a contract last season. Oh, okay. So it's still a fifth round pick for you guys. <laughs> Jared, what's your thoughts about the Giants' uh, free agency? So I think what they have to do now is either work on the defense or, as many people have scouted out, Kenny Galloway from the Lions. That should be at the top of the Giants' list. I'm not necessarily that into him just because I feel like he's kind of a Golden Tate 2.0, but younger at least. Kenny Galloway for me isn't that number one wide receiver that we need at this moment. He'll be a good piece. But it's not what the Giants need necessarily because I feel like they could draft a better wideout in the draft with their pick or get Kyle Pitts. So I feel like if they're going to go with Kyle Pitts in the draft, they should draft. They should sign a wideout like Kenny Galloway, or look for another cheaper option. So, and also on the defense, they might just go after try to get like a veteran leader for this young safeties back there. Just get someone for presence, come in a couple of plays, and. Maybe sign another uh, – maybe get Eric Fisher or Schwartz from the Chiefs recently released. One of those guys got hurt last year. But they were behind the Chiefs – what the Chiefs were without them. So they really helped out that offense. So going after another offensive tackle will definitely be a big want on my list for this free agency. Also, New York Giants have signed former first-round pick John Ross. Uh, obviously, John Ross is highly regarded for his speed. He lit up the uh, 40-yard dash. I mean, is he, does he still possess the record? I think he still does. I think he does, 4.22, I'm pretty sure. Absolutely ridiculous. So that's, The only reason with him was he got hurt a lot in the Bengals. And when he was healthy, he never got all the targets. And I feel like he would have been a nice compliment to Joe Burrow. And I, but John Ross, a little, really low risk, only a $2.5 mil, $2. deal, only $1 million guaranteed. He was the ninth overall pick in 2017. There is a reason why, mostly his speed, but he did go really high in the draft. But there's a reason why he was drafted that high. There's a reason why, but there's also a reason why he wasn't pursued by the Bengals for an extension or to resign. I feel like this is very low risk and high potential. The ceiling is high for John Ross. He go out there. And maybe he finds it and he, you know, work, uses his speed to his advantage. Maybe Joe Judge and Jason Garrett fixes how he, you know, runs routes. So I feel like it's a good signing overall. Just like how you said, there's a reason why John Ross was picked uh, in, you know, the first round top 10 pick. And it was basically because of his agility, his speed, almost like a Tyreek-esque uh, for his natural abilities just to run. I like this move for New York. De- definitely, I think that under the right system, he could, if he's polished, he could be something. It just ultimately didn't work out in Cincinnati, probably because of his, in, uh, his injuries that he was having on the field. Um, he was missing some games. But I think good pickup for New York. Ultimately, I think the Giants are being a little bit conservative, but it's okay. I mean, save your money, make sure that you got the right guys on your team, the right identity, and there's still plenty of time and plenty of moves to be made. Yeah, I want to build on this culture that the Giants have created last season. 
they went out and competed every night. It was fun watching the Giants game. It was heartbreaking when they missed the playoffs, even though they only won five, six games. So if they could just build off of that, get Saquon back, they lose. They actually signed Devontae Booker, who was the Raiders running back, backup running back last year to Josh Jacobs. So that probably means they let go of Wayne Gauman, which would be a, a loss for me. But they're also losing Deion Lewis to in free agency. So unless they resign them, Gauman was going to be too expensive anyway. He proved last year he could be a running back in this league. So they needed to get a backup to Saquon. So with Saquon, Daniel Jones, and John Ross now in the system, it's an interesting offense. I feel like they still need to get offensive tackle. Hopefully Schwartz or Eric Fisher. A mentor Andrew Thomas a little bit, get him more controlled, and then draft Kyle Pitts, Jalen Waddle, or Devonta Smith if it gets to them. At this point, this Giants team either has to take O-line or receiver or tight end at their position yeah. drafting. It is a must. No defensive players need to be taken in the first two rounds, first first round. Like, seriously, like, this is a must. Like, Mm-hmm. You need to do absolutely everything that you can to get one of these receivers because we need more options for our young quarterback here in New York, you know? Mm-hmm. Honestly, if because they can't wait till the draft because the guys are going to get signed. So if they miss out on Kenny Galloway, if they miss out on Eric Fisher and Mitchell Schwartz, there's going to be – they're going to be more inclined to go either way. So let's say they, they sign an offensive tackle. They're going to be more inclined to drafting a wideout or the tight end, Kyle Pitts. But if they get Kenny Galloway and if they add another piece on offense, they're going to be more inclined to take an offensive line. So the thing is they can't wait before people get snatched up and they have to do it soon because it looks like this free agency is going by fast. It's going, you know, moves are getting done now instead of later. And I don't want the Giants to be left behind. So moving on, Jared, we're going to stay in the NFC East. We're going to talk about the Fitzmagic deal going on here. Um, so I'm hearing some different rumors going on. Not even rumors. I mean, they are rumors. But it's talking about Taylor Heineke. Uh, Heineke. Um, yeah. Apparently, after his little audition against the GOAT, Tom Brady, uh, what was he throwing for? Like, guns blazing. He threw a for yards, yard, three yeah. touchdowns, something like that. He was going off. He was electric. Um, so since then, Washington seems to be intrigued by him. And they're going to take Fitzmagic. Fitzmagic is going to go down to D.C. And they're going to figure out, um, use him as an evaluation tool. Um, and what do you think about this? Does this eliminate uh, Donald from the picture? Or, or is Fitzmagic, like, what are they trying to do here? If I'm, the, if I'm Washington, I wouldn't eliminate Sam Donald right away. I said two weeks ago on the podcast, and, this, and it happened. I said, when we talked about Alex Smith getting cut, I said if Alex, if they cut Alex Smith and they wind up with Fitzpatrick next year, then it wasn't a good move to cut him because why would you cut Alex Smith if you're going to get another quarterback at around the same, you know, not age because Fitzpatrick, I think, is older, but around the same skill set at this point in, in their career. Fitzpatrick is going to be his ninth team. Chandler had to learn a new offensive playbook. And Heineke, he only played one game. How can you tell that he is the guy? It must have been through training camp or something. So I don't think – I wouldn't think they're done. I don't know why they would sign Fitzpatrick. Maybe because they thought he was, they were going to get him cheaper than other teams were. So 
honestly, like, I don't know if this puts them over the edge in the division. Does this help them win the division? I don't think they got better from this deal. They need to get a better quarterback, as in Sam Darnold maybe. But I don't know what they would do in order to get him with three quarterbacks on the roster. Because Heineke could be a good player. We just don't know it yet. And the Washington football team has a chance to win the division next year. Why would you sign Ryan Fitzpatrick as a mentor? Do you want to know why? Why? Look at what Fitzmagic was able to do with this Miami Dolphins team. Like, he was able to come there in a situation where they were iffy or, you know, trying to maybe rushing their, their Tua. And he was able to come there and win games for them. Win games. Brought him to 10 games. I know it was a mixture of the both. You know, I'm not going to discriminate Tua, Tago Viola. He's doing his thing. But think about it. Honestly, you can't go wrong with getting Fitzmagic. I mean, they lost their mentor, which was Alex Smith. Alex Smith parted ways. He's out. And you're going to get the best wingman in the NFL, the best man off the bench. Like, are you kidding? Of course. I mean, why not just do it? Um, and like you said, Sam Darnold, it, it doesn't mean that they can't get Sam Darnold too. Like, they could load up the whole QB room for all we know. Um, me personally, I think that the chances of that happening are slim now. Um, if, those, if those sources are true about Heineke, that they think that he could be the future, um, then I think that that's slim. But we'll have to see. I mean, there's other suitors that could fit Sam Darnold, uh, like Carolina. And, yeah. I feel like the difference between the Dolphins last year and the, and the Washington football team this year is that the Dolphins were accidentally a 10-win team. I don't think they were expecting to be a 10-win team. Were you expecting them to be a 10-win team last year with Ryan I mean, Fitzpatrick at the helm at the I start? Think- I think, I mean, look, I saw Ryan Fitzpatrick bring us to 10 games, the New York Jets. So I'm not surprised. And, dude, the Dolphins were literally doing, they were like the talk of the town. They were the Patriots right now for agency last year. They're signing everyone. So they really were doing what they could. Also, they've had multiple first-round picks um, last year. So they were drafting heavy. Um, no, I'm, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. I think 10 wins was a great season for them. And um, no, I, it doesn't really surprise me at all. Okay. But I still don't think that this is the, you know, Washington's move, the best move they could have made in their situation. Because they're, they're going to be competing against the Cowboys who recently extended Dak Prescott, no longer franchise tags, gave him the money he deserved. And, you know, the Cowboys defense isn't all there yet still. The Giants are still figuring things out. The Eagles are starting all over with Jalen Hurts. So, the division is wide open for the football team to take. And if they went out and got Sam Darnold, if they went out and traded for Deshaun Watson or they sign or trade someone else, somehow get a quarterback other than Heineke, who was better, who's better than Heineke, then they would have won the division. Now I still think they're competing for the Cowboys. They didn't really decide to put them over the edge for me to go over the Cowboys. And honestly, the Giants beat them a couple of times last season. So I feel like, they would be neck and neck with the Giants, respectively, as well. Yeah, if you look at Washington football team, they were juggling quarterbacks last year. They had three quarterbacks that were popping in and out, slinging the rock, and I think that they were, quite frankly, one of the better teams to manage the quarterback position with having question marks on their team. So having a Ryan Fitzpatrick, someone that has proven to you know be, to win now, to, to just surprise and shock and and drop these 400-yard games out of nowhere, 300. It's Fitzmagic. It's inevitable. It's going to happen. 
Um, so I, I don't know. I mean, I'd like, I'd rather, it is a head scratcher. I'd rather Washington preserve their future and get someone like Sam Darnold at the helm, but it happened. And who knows, maybe this is just more electricity for Ron Rivera. Yeah. I mean, Ron Rivera is going to be the coach, which helps the tragic a lot, but I mean, I still think this moves. They're still, I think they're neck and neck with the Giants. The Giants made a couple more moves out and put the Giants over the Washington. Even though they made the playoffs last year, it was only because they by one game, only because the Eagles tanked. So I'll have to see next season. But I'm still a believer in the big blue, still a believer in G Men. So we'll see. The Cowboys are still the Cowboys. They'll be there. So I feel the division's up for grabs and Washington failed to seize that to make a big move to solidify themselves as the favorite. Now it's still like a coin toss. So, Jared, Cowboys extend Dak Prescott. Thoughts, reactions? Uh, I thought this move was coming. Uh, you thought he would be better in Washington, which I kind of agreed with in that system. Better defense. But, you know, the Cowboys is his home. He still has Zeke there. He still has Amari, Jerry, Judy. He has great offensive weapons. Just the defense, man. You can't win Super Bowl without the defense. So, the Cowboys are going to have to turn it around or else they're going to get bounced out in the playoffs that they have been in the past couple of years to the Packers, especially to the Bucs now. So, and the, and the Rams have even have a great defense and got brought in a quarterback. So the Cowboys, what they need to do to ignore compete is overhaul that defense or bring in more guys somehow. Cowboys signing Dak Prescott. It's nice to see them put ink on the paper to finalize something. Dak Prescott obviously has been through thick and thin uh, on and off the field. Uh, obviously, that happened to him. Um, it's, it's motivational, and it's inspirational. And I think the Cowboys really got their guy, and I was nervous for them. Um, this guy is a top 10, top 15 talent, easily, undisputedly. And as a Giants fan, it's probably a pain to watch this man on the sidelines twice a year. But good for him. I'm glad that he got his agreement. Um, he's got a lot of options a lot of options. He's got a great O-line. He's got one, arguably the best receiving core in the league. So if they can stay healthy, who knows? Maybe this team is, is at number one. Who would, you put, would you put the Cowboys over the Washington at this point or no? Probably um, because, I mean, I haven't really been hearing the Cowboys making that much news in free agency. I think now is their time to really get involved and start stacking up that defense. That first overall pick, like, you know, first round pick needs to be used on defense because it was abysmal last year. But mm -hmm. I think Dak Prescott is going to come back with a vengeance. And I think that him, he's hungry now. Like, he, he's motivated. He has that bag. He has that security. You know, he was out there playing great football, not knowing if it is his last year or not in Dallas. And he has that security. And I think that blanket is good for every single quarterback. And there's more stability there. You have C.D. Lamb going into his second year. You got Gallup, who obviously is an amazing number two wide receiver. Um, so, I mean, I like the options. You got Zeke. Look, we all know that this team would be leading the division if Dak wasn't injured. Dak's just that good. And so, yeah, seriously. And then, as you said before, um, it's not like Washington football team has went out there and made a strong push solidifying their future with their number one quarterback. We know Taylor Heineke is Taylor Heineke as of now. He's that practice squad, you know, third string quarterback up until he proves otherwise. So 
there's some stuff in the air with Washington, although that I like the Fitzpatrick acquirement just because I've seen how he has that juice to him, how like he can really mentor and help whoever's there. But I think Dak Prescott and the Cowboys, if they're healthy, I think that they could win this division. And look, we know how this division is. We know how they like NFC least. least like <laughs> Yeah. It, hopefully it's more competitive next season. I mean competitive in a good way, not competitive in a bad way like last season. But competitive in a good way. Teams getting nine wins, eight wins. Hopefully we have a five hundred team out of that division next year. But we'll have to see. For the last topic, Brent, let's have something to say. No, no, we good. We good. Okay. Last topic, really quick. Drew Brees announces his retirement after much speculation that he would. And given the helms to the to the QB throne in, in New Orleans to Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. Brendan, reactions, thoughts? I think we saw it coming. We uh, after he lost to Tom Brady in the divisional round. Was it yeah, divisional round? We saw him blowing a kiss to the fans in Mercedes-Benz Stadium. And it's unfortunate. Um, but, you know, I mean, Jared, maybe it's just a sign that we're just getting up there in age, you know. Because <laughs> all these quarterbacks that we grew up watching as little kids are now retiring. And it makes I you know. Phillips, Phillips gone. Peyton's gone. Tom's Eli. still going, though. Eli's, Eli's gone. For, um, you know. So, I mean, look, my reactions, I'm a big Drew Brees fan. I had his jersey before he ever won a ring. So mm-hmm. I was like in third, I was in third grade when that happened. Um, but yo, shout, shout out to Drew Brees. That man literally turned his whole career around. He put Louisiana, he put New Orleans on the map. And look, he's a Super Bowl champion and he's a Hall of Famer, all time great. Uh, you could definitely put him in your top five. He was holding all the records. Brady, him and Brady are neck to neck and Brady obviously is going to surpass him. He, he has in some respects, but that's Brady. But, yeah, I think it's inevitable. But ultimately, I do think that Sean Payton and the head coach there, out there, down south, was ready for this. And mm-hmm. they're not in a bad situation. Taysom Hill, we've seen his elusiveness. We know what he can bring on the table. Um, he's that Swiss Army knife for most yeah. of these players. But is he, is he four years, $140 million worth, though? That's the extension he signed with them. The good thing about this contract, though, is each year is voidable, meaning after the first year, they could be like, all right, we don't want you anymore. Second year, same thing. Third year, same thing. So I feel like it's a smarter contract for the Saints because if Taysom Hill's going to play, he's going to play. But if not, he's underperformed. They could just cut him. So, but I think they're going to roll out with Jameis Winston uh, for the first game next season. Are you wait, ble- wait so what, what's going to happen with Taysom Hill then? Taysom Hill would just be what he's been doing the past couple of years as, you know the guy to go to in some wildcat situations. You saw what the Saints did with James Winston in the playoffs. I could see them doing that the whole season, maybe with Taysom Hill. And if you want to do a long, deep pass, freaking Winston, if you want to you know, trick them, do a running option, like Taysom Hill could do it all. And it is a lot of money, but I feel like James Winston is a more talented quarterback. Strictly quarterback, James Winston is more talented. I'm going to argue you. Why would they pay Taysom Hill that money to just roll him out on third downs and tell him to, you know, wildcat? Like, oh, he's very important to the Saints offense. I mean, you're right. It's a lot of money. But I just think Jameis Winston is the better QB overall. 
The only reason why was because of why he hasn't gotten more attention to him was because of all the interceptions. But that could be teach, that could be coached. Drew Brees probably gave him some of his tips. You know, Sean Payne probably gave him some of his tips on how to limit the interceptions. If he limits inter- interceptions, Jameis Hill, J- Jameson Winston is a better quarterback than Taysom Hill. And I don't know why they spend all the money on Taysom Hill. I, I do not know. I think Taysom Hill, 45 million dollars a year if you do the math that's how much he's going to be obtaining i think that's in clear-cut indication that he's going to be qb1 he has the most familiarity in this system he's electric you've seen him go out there and start and win when drew Brees was out and i think that he's the i think he very well could be the i'm not joking i think he could be the future um he has the familiarity he sat behind drew Brees. he's watched him I think that they're going to be in good hands. So you think the Saints? Do you think the Saints will make a playoffs next year? Just right now, based on Juby's retiring, do you think they're still a playoff team? I mean, I think that they could be in the mix for the seventh seed. I mean, they they won the division last year. How crazy is that? Tom Brady won the Super Bowl as a wild card team, and that wasn't the first time he did that either. But yeah, I think that they could be the seventh seed. But definitely now that Drew Brees stepped down, this is Tom Brady's division. Like he will win this. Put your money on it. He's covering. He's winning this division easy. He's mm-hmm. not going anywhere. So I, at yeah, most, the seventh seed. I still think the Saints have a good chance because the other the other competitors in the, in this division are the Panthers and the Falcons. So I feel like the Saints, talent wise, even without Drew Brees, is the better overall team. So I can see the Saints competing for a seventh, sixth seed too. Thank you guys very much for listening. Episode sixteen. It's been an absolute pleasure. Remember to like, subscribe, comment, interact with us, DM us, sir. DM us what you think. I mean, how has free agency been so far? How do you feel about your team's uh, free agency? Let us know. Let us know. You know, we're rooting for a big move, a big trade because we like talking football. So tweet at us, comment on our post. We're posting a lot more. And, you know, talk to us about football. You think the Giants moves make sense, the Giants moves make sense, Patriots moves, any other team you're interested in, we'll talk about it. So just let us know. All right, guys, stay healthy, stay happy. Peace. Peace. Thank you. This has been the NY Fly Zone Podcast. We drop every Wednesday on Spotify and Apple Music. Follow us on Instagram at NY Fly Zone.